1: Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about passive aggressive people, whether they're psychotic or neurotic, whatever it is, we just have to kind of understand what what passive aggressive is. And it's a way of basically expressing negative feelings such as anger, annoyance, indirectly instead of directly. And, And so passive aggressive behaviors are often difficult to identify and can sabotage relationships at home and at work. Instead of getting visibly angry, basically some people express their hostility in passive-aggressive ways designed to hurt and confuse their target. And most people will have to deal with the passive aggression from others in their personal and professional lives at one time or another. A roommate who leaves a a Uh, A nice but scolding note about, uh, you know, the the cup that was left unwashed or or a report uh, that a colleague keeps forgetting to finish, you know, nagging and getting angry only puts the passive aggressive person on defense. And often it results in them making excuses or denying any responsibility. And and there's a lot of research that shows that there are healthier ways to confront passive aggressive and handle relationship conflict. But if you come at it from a, 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 a general understanding, this is what a passive aggressive person does. You thematically keep doing something that really bothers them. And so what they do is they'll hold it in and hold it in. Maybe it's disrespecting them. Maybe it's not listening to them. And over time, they basically say, well, I'm just going to pick my battle. So their thought of themselves is to be a very peaceful person. Unfortunately, like a teapot, the teapot comes to boil and it hits that boiling point, And at that point, it starts to whistle. Well, it's the same thing with passive-aggressive. With passive-aggressive people, they hold it inside, hold it inside, hold it inside, and one little stupid thing happens that's thematic with what they've been holding inside, and then boom, they blow up. And the whole idea is they hate conflict, and so what they will do is they will blow up, and they will make it so ugly and so scary that they look like they are absolutely psychotic, And the reason that they do that is I'm going to make this so ugly and so dramatic that you will never, ever, ever violate me again. Unfortunately, they walk away as a crazy person and they know they look like a crazy person and they did not resolve the problem by their behavior. And so it's really important to understand that passive-aggressive people appear to be very dangerous simply because when they blow They blow so dramatically and so scary. But the problem is, is that they don't have a good emotional vocabulary because they don't know how to do adult conflict. And adult conflict is very simple. You have to learn to express your emotions. You know, when you do this, it makes me really upset. I get really frustrated simply because it makes me have to go through this and this and this and this. I'd be very happy if I didn't have to deal with that. That's adult conflict. It's flat, straight. You speak to your emotions. You speak to what's going on, how it's affecting you. That's called maturity. Unfortunately, passive aggressive people are not mature. They don't set good boundaries. They don't have a good means of communicating their EQ, which is their emotional intelligence, their emotional quotient. You know, passive aggression stems from deep anger hostility, frustration that a person, whatever the reason, is not comfortable expressing directly. And when dealing with passive aggressive behavior, it's important to understand that beneath all those snide remarks lies a deep unhappiness and sadness within that person. And some common forms of passive aggression include avoiding responsibility for tasks, procrastinating and even missing deadlines, withholding critical information, frequently underachieving relative to what one is capable of producing, that type of behavior can cause problems at home when the family cannot depend on the passive-aggressive individual to follow through with their promises. That means they can't be trusted. If you want to be enraged at somebody, if you want to hold resentment for somebody, That person is likely going to be somebody who doesn't hold their integrity, that doesn't follow through with what they say they're going to do. They hold back, they lie, they deceive or they, you know, leave things out that they should be communicating. And that's the sad thing about passive-aggressive people is they have an immaturity to them because they cannot seem to set good boundaries and they don't have a good means of communicating their emotions. And they don't even understand how important emotions are to them being able to function. And so a lot of analytical people who are logic-oriented will try to make logic of emotions. And when they do that, they end up messing everything up. Because emotions are not logical and they don't get that, and it drives them crazy. And so, when they do anger, because anger is just like a baby when it cries you know, a baby cries because they're hungry, because they're sad, because they're sleepy, whatever they cry, and you have to figure out their cry. Well, it's the same thing with passive aggressive people. When they're blowing up and using their rage to try to get your attention, that rage represents a whole lot of other emotions rather than just the rage. It could be frustration, it could be a lot of things, but it's coming out as rage and therefore we read it as you are psychotic rather than try to understand what's underneath it, which you can't mind read. And so these people have to get better at dealing with their emotions and we have to get better when we have people in our life like that at communicating with those people. You know, passive aggressive behavior can be intensely frustrating for the target Because it's hard to identify and and difficult to prove and may even be unintentional. But passive aggression can lead to more conflict, intimacy issues, because many people struggle to have a direct and honest conversation about the problem at hand. And that person is really hard to know if that bomb is going to detonate. And so the person receiving their anger, the person receiving their aggression, is going to have a hard time wanting to trust that that person is going to be safe, even though they may be very passive in the moment. Passive aggression is particularly damaging in relationships you know, the the, it, it, the funny thing about it is passive aggression is part of your ego. It's not part of your soul. It's part of the way you see the world and what you feel you're entitled to. Passive aggression is particularly uh, hard. The target of their aggression often feels frustrated and powerless, unable to secure the, the person's cooperation, and as a result, a person may fall into a pattern of enabling the passive-aggressive behavior, assuming so all responsibility and taking on a parental role that they don't want. And so inevitably, the conflict will become come to a head and need to be resolved if the relationship is to continue. Unfortunately, passive-aggressive people usually don't resolve. They'll just apologize and say, yes, I'm crazy. You know, but the bottom line is you know, it's hard to pin it down. And a lot of people agree the most common sign uh, of passive aggression it includes refusing to discuss concerns openly, stonewalling, and avoiding responsibility and being deliberately inefficient. So passive aggressive people often leave a job undone or almost complete. They frequently run late and are masters at subtly sabotaging others when they disagree with a course of action. So they often resort to silent treatment or the backhanded compliment to get their point across. And that's called sarcasm. And those people will hide their anger instead of expressing it directly. And those passive-aggressive behavior can take the form of words like blaming others, making excuses— or actions like giving someone the silent treatment, some subtle but insidious kinds of passive aggression, or diminished eye contact, persistent forgetting, ignoring the targeted individual during a, a group conversation. But you know, uh, uh, most people, unfortunately, that are passive aggressive aren't. Always aware that they're passive aggressive. So, some people are so used to pushing their anger deep down that they don't even realize that it's there anymore. And a major sign that someone engages in passive aggressiveness in their relationships is if they don't think they're an angry person and they don't believe they experience anger with any regularity. They think they're just an angel. They think they're just. Peaceful, And you just keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them until they finally blow up and it's all your fault. But that's not the truth. It's the way they take things in. And while these sneaky tactics might result in a short-term win, but confronting the passive-aggressive person may be necessary to restore trust in the relationship in the long run. So extreme forms of the silent treatment, such as completely ignoring someone, refusing to respond to their attempts to communicate – are more direct ways to express hostility. But additional actions are subtle, passive-aggressive, such as pretending not to hear someone's comment, failing to acknowledge a friend in the hallway. These are all signs that you're dealing with a passive-aggressive person. And silence proves an effective way that a passive-aggressive wound and shame the target. So that means you're responsible for how I feel, You're not responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I feel. Nobody is responsible for how you feel except for yourself. So the silent treatment can be a type of quiet verbal abuse, particularly when someone in a position of power like a parent uses silence to manipulate someone vulnerable like a child. So guess what you're teaching your children with your nasty stonewalling? and treating them like they're not a human being. You're teaching them to be passive aggressive. You know, being ignored or having someone pretend like you don't exist can be a really potent form of punishment that may cause a lasting harm. So better communication can help to change someone's passive-aggressive behavior. So once you've identified that behavior, that toxic behavior, stop participating in it. Instead affirm the person's inner anger, which they likely deny, complement their areas of competence and reinforce behavioral change you want to see. So don't be afraid to revisit the subject. You know, passive aggression often stems from underlying anger, sadness, insecurity of which a person may or may not be consciously aware. More often, not. You know, they may be an expression of those emotions or an attempt to gain control in a relationship. And bearing that in mind can inform you how to respond. Although it can be tempting to react to being passive aggressive yourself, Expressing anger or frustration will likely spur the person to continue behaving the same way. So demonstrating that you value that pers- their perspective may help you if you are thereby addressing an underlying sense of insecurity. But you should not apologize for unfounded offenses and, and, and try to placate these crazies. You know, if at all possible, the best solution is to limit the time you spend in their presence. But if you determine that confrontation is the best path forward, avoid being accusatory as you calmly explain how the behavior makes you feel. You know, when dealing with these kind of people, these passive aggressives, hold them accountable for their behavior. Stop apologizing if you've done nothing wrong. Try putting your needs first. You know, here's the interesting thing about passive aggressive is passive aggressive is understood to also parallel and re- correlate with the idea of what are what are called um, microaggressions. And people hear this nowadays. They're tuned in to the sarcasm That is offered by passive aggressive people and passive aggressive people often become the target of people who call themselves, quote unquote, woke. You know, when you're dealing with somebody that is passive aggressive, don't play the game. Address the game. So you're going to be giving me the treatment, I, I understand, uh, what is that about? What are you trying to tell me with your silent treatment? Can you communicate that? You know, directly express the issue at hand. Be specific about what you do or say that upsets you. You know, what's what's clearly more important as the target of a passive aggressive person is you have to manage your own reaction. That's key to when you're responding. You know, take a deep breath, temporarily remove yourself from the situation, and then logically respond try to address their concerns directly set boundaries and limit the time you spend with them you know stonewalling occurs when one partner shuts down withdraws stops responding you know essentially turning into a stone wall stonewalling may also involve passive aggressive avoidance behaviors like pretending to be busy with work when a partner wants to talk well, while men are less likely to get physiologically aroused in their partner's stonewalls, then women tend to experience an increased heart rate and a lot of stress because communication can be, oftentimes, as a majority, more important to a woman. You know, staying as calm as possible can can prevent the stonewalling behavior. If a couple can listen and speak without getting defensive, that will decrease the need for passive-aggressive tactics. So resentment is your ego. If you are operating from resentment in a relationship, if you are coping with your partner defensively, you are deciding to interact with the world from your ego, a false self that you've constructed, that you feel you're owed certain things, you feel you're looked at as this kind of person. And you're denying the fact that your soul is much more vulnerable, much more humble than what you keep presenting. And that means we have to understand that we have what are called bad transactions, not intentionally bad transactions. We just have bad transactions. And we need to understand that the more we step back and go, yeah, that was a bad transaction. That's easy to forgive. But if you're going to correlate it with 5,000 other things that are just like that, you're going to turn into a passive-aggressive person. Bad transaction is not collecting garbage. You know, staying as calm as possible prevents this behavior. But if a couple can listen and speak without getting defensive, as I said before, that communication makes marriage safe and makes marriage work. And that's an important thing that we all have to understand. So here's some phrases that frame up a person who is passive-aggressive. You know, just a friendly reminder. You know, this is a throat clear, an indirect attempt to demand attention for a faster response. And other phrases to eliminate is per my last email, or not sure if you got the memo, but, and as I mentioned before, you know, these phrases only camouflage your request and make the other person thinking you're trying to nag, blame, or be bossy. You know, Uh, instead, why don't you just be direct? If you need a quick turnaround, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I'm sorry to bug you, but I need a response. What's wrong with that? Why can't we just do that? All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about more phrases that indicate that a person is a passive aggressive person. So come back.
0: us on facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world voice america empowerment dr gary bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone skype or in person in the seattle area dr bell brings his no nonsense straight from the hip discussions each week on the show but it doesn't stop there learn about motivation and psychology one couple marriage repair a two-day workshop in seattle and more visit GBMFT.com today or call dr gary bell at 951-818-7856 that's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856 it's time to serve learn change the world That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about phrases that are used. For people that are passive aggressive, and you know that it's really interesting that these are very subtle phrases, but sarcasm is really the framework behind a lot of it. You know, there's another phrase like "don't take this the wrong way," but you know, this phrase almost always prefaces something annoying or offensive. You know, that there's a whole lot of uh, self-surging, uh, self-serving logic behind. That if you tell people in advance that you're going to be rude, it's okay to go ahead and be rude. Well, that's not cool. You know, why don't you say, is this a good time to talk? Is there something that's been bothering me? Or, you know, I'm concerned about your performance, so, you know, can we talk about it? The other thing is, another phrase that's often used is the phrase, got it. You know, got it sometimes is just another phrase for yep, okay. But sarcasm means something is different shut up I heard you or you're annoying leave me alone you know sarcasm is the most obvious form of passive aggression and possibly the most hurtful so your audience may have no idea that you're upset much less why you're upset you're just dumping your feelings on them with little context you know examine why you're upset that's a responsible person you know, then say, hey, I'm sorry if I seem annoyed. I'm having a hard time with this assignment or I'm stressed because I already have two deadlines today. You know, why can't you just take it in and start saying I instead of you? You know, and also here's another phrase. Hey, how are we doing with that task I'm waiting for? You know, softening a request might seem polite, but it also can be a form of passive aggression. You know, think of other softeners like thanks in advance or, hey, you know, when are you going to get here? You know, it, it, it's <laughs> and when you're asking something, you know, don't pretend like you're being a pal. It's fine to be explicit and state what you need, but you don't have to act like you're your fr- their friend when you're doing it. Just be straight up. Another phrase is of if you want to indicate somebody who might be passive aggressive is, well, if that's what you want to do you know, this phrase implies disapproval. And so, you know, just to let you know, or for future reference, these are passive aggressive phrases. Your listener hears a common refrain in each of the phrases. I don't agree. Don't you know who I am? You, you messed up again is basically what they're saying. And, and what they might want to say in a healthy way is speak up. You know, it, it be polite and direct as advocate for for what's healthy and responsible. You know, if what if we take this course of action for this benefit, you know, explaining yourself rather in your thoughts rather than telling them they're wrong in a very soft and what you think is a polite way, yet very incited in in in. in insulting you know there's also signs of dealing with passive aggressions you know mean maybe an eyebrow gets raised or a friend boxes you out of a conversation but the lines that are often blurred and and, you know it often gets struggle you, you struggle to identify it but you know recommend taking the high road rather than firing back and being hostile that's what we all need to do when, you, you know, If you send your boss an email asking, should we go ahead and schedule a meeting with this potential client, and the reply to, is a curt one-word answer like yes, fine, or okay, some people would prefer to give a short to-the-point answers. But if you notice that they're almost responding in a one-word answer and, and they don't do that to others, that's an indication they may be a bit passive-aggressive. So how do you respond to something? You know, ask some clarifying questions. You know, you know what time works best for you? Keep your cool. Don't take the bait. Stay focused on the present. Avoid acting defensively. You may even want to use humor as a great way to diffuse it. You know, if we don't land them as a client, at least we got a free a meal on the company. Whatever. You know, take a lighter approach to it. You know, this can be helpful. And the goal is to show genuine intent and desire to understand. You know, uh, you know, are you upset with me? I just need to clarify because I only got a one-word answer here. Also, slow responses is another sign that you're dealing with somebody who's passive aggressive. So getting the silent treatment can show up as delayed emails, text, even ghosting behavior. Being on the receiving end of these actions can trigger a, a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of intense worry of of where we stand and where do we find ourselves wondering about the possible meanings behind what they're doing because they're being so vague and strange. Unfortunately, there's no hard and fast rules to know for sure if someone is using silence as a deliberate slight or just an oversight. So, you know, the best thing is not to jump to conclusions but reach out and clarify. You know, some people generally forget and follow up can be helpful. You know, switch to a different mode. Like if you follow up twice with no response, try, try a different mode of communication like an email or, or maybe calling them directly. You know, the other thing is uh, if you're texting and emailing someone and they change their tone from informal to formal out of nowhere, it might mean that they're trying to assert power. And that's another sign of passive aggression. You know, it might be a friend who's suddenly very cold and detached over over a text or going from, yeah, that sounds like fun to sure, whatever. You know, come on. What's the tone? Is it consistent? So reading into that can be a crazy maker. But, you know, you don't want to go to the negative assumption. What you want to do is just clarify. Reach out by phone. Maybe you need a video chat. Maybe you need to in person, you know, decipher how someone really feels. Uh, rather than trying to read it through a text. And a lot of people argue via text, which is another passive aggressive way of going about things. You do not want to communicate important information outside of where you know where are you going to be? I'm going to be here, Do you need something? Outside of the surfacey things that we do to help each other out, you don't want to have deep and dark conversations via text. That is stupid, it's, it's it is immature and it's passive aggressive. You know, aggression is evident when someone is outwardly hostile toward you, yelling, gesturing, threatening you. You know, passive aggression, like veiled insults and harmful slights, may be less obvious, but it may carry an equal amount of intent. You know, when we're exposed to aggression in any form, it can hurt our physical and mental health. And you may end up having anxiety, fear, stress, anger, a desire for retaliation. So understanding passive-aggressive behavior is very, very important. You know, it's a message or behavior without assertiveness or active engagement. And it can often emerge as accidental behaviors like being late, but it may be tied to underlying feelings of hostility and content. And sometimes people unintentionally inconvenience you. For example, they may find it challenging to be on time or their lateness may cause a negative chain reaction to your day. But, you know, it may not have been their intention, but it doesn't hurt to make them aware. You know, when someone is late only uh, when meeting you, that may be an example of passive aggressive behavior. And that's something that you want to bring up. As a therapist, it's a very important thing to bring up when people are consistently laid for no apparent reason over time. That means they have a passive-aggressive quality to them, and that means there's another side to them that is aggressive. So they may be being passive, but underneath it, there's going to be something that's going to come out, and it may come out the minute you confront them on their passive Aggressive behavior, you know, making sarcastic comments at your expense with the excuse of I was only joking is passive aggressive. That is a person who is sad. That is a person who's depressed. They're not good. They don't feel like they're in charge of their life. That's an indicator that there is repressed rage and there is potential for them to blow. And saying yes to projects and tasks with the intent of not ever completing them is another Passive, aggressive behavior, excluding you from group activities like a co-worker luncheons or casual coffee chats like they used to do, like they used to include you in might be something or procrastinating to impact you, even if they care about something, acting as though something is inconsequential that you said and, and it causes and or did cause them uh, significant distress You know, holding on to grudges to bring them up later, no matter how minor. People that talk to you about stuff you've done 20 years ago, though they've told you 500 times that they forgave you, they probably never forgave you. They are passive aggressive, putting you down when asking for your help. Targeting the topics they know you're sensitive about. Ignoring you sometimes when walking away from a conversation. Offering backhanded compliments like, you look great today since you finally washed your hair or clothes or whatever. You know, uh, using the silent treatment as we've said before. And when you're learning how to deal with these people, you have to understand where the behavior comes from, which may be helpful. People who are passive aggressive often have very low self-esteem. And they tend to be anxious and feel they must control others. And they have a narcissistic quality about them because they create a lot of conflict through their passive aggressive techniques and coping skills. They they have been linked to some mental health disorders, including depression. Uh, passive aggression uh, is clinically significant enough to diagnose it as a personality disorder, which means It comes from their childhood. They were raised to be passive-aggressive. Therefore, they are passive-aggressive. And it doesn't mean that they're not in charge of it. It doesn't mean they can't change it. It just is a pattern that came out of their childhood. But they've decided to integrate that into their personality. And it's also a sign of personality disorders, including, as I said before, the narcissistic personality and the borderline personality disorder, both of them carry deep and dark passive aggressive qualities you know it let's say they're uh, depressed and they sleep for five days and they don't do anything and the house is a disaster and they don't take any of the responsibility for any of their their actions even though they have tons of responsibility that's passive aggressive and that's also a sign of a borderline it's also a sign of a narcissist they feel entitled They want the world to justify how they feel. They become victims. And that's a form of passive aggression. It's an indicator that there may be something else at play. Another uh, uh, problem that suddenly, if if a person suddenly starts acting more passive aggressive, their sleep habits may be behind that. And there's a lot of research that restricted sleep increases feelings of anger and contributes to an inability to regulate anger responses, which may increase the chance of someone behaving in passive-aggressive ways. So we have to understand that that may be a contributor, that we may need to help them with their health. And, and there's a lot of a child developmental story, uh, studies that find that children experiencing abuse were most likely exposed to caregivers' display of anger. And high exposure to aggression during childhood may condition you to respond aggressively when you feel anger, or maybe stuff your feelings and stuff your feelings until you have an outlet to express your anger. And that may make you more likely to engage outward and passive aggressive behaviors and experience negative emotions. People sabotage relationships that are passive aggressive simply because. They will throw one of their techniques, the stonewalling, the anger, the rage, whatever it is, they'll drop some sarcasm into a relationship. And eventually, the receiver will begin to feel like they're the butt of that other person's jokes. And the truth is, the person that is exuding passive aggressiveness is actually the most insecure person in the room. It's also a defense mechanism, it's vindictive and malicious. But it may be also someone's way of protecting themselves when they're not feeling when they're feeling uh, threatened or unsure. And so they may have what's called habitual lateness, which we've talked about earlier. Inefficiency, meaning they're 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 careless. They uh, accept mediocre. Maybe they ghost you and don't show when they're supposed to. Maybe they repeat mistakes that affects other people, even though they've been confronted 500 times, they're also very obstinate and stubborn and they keep it to themselves and they don't want to talk about it when you try to bring it up. And responsibility is just not in the cards with passive aggressive people. They'll take responsibility, but they don't mean it because they still hold a grudge and they still hold it in their collection of wrongs that have happened to them. They're also very uh, insecure And you have to understand that that means they have what's called anxious attachment. Anxious attachment means that they don't trust that people will stay in their life. And the reason they don't trust people staying in their life is because people get sick of their passive-aggressive behaviors. And there's another key trait, and that's called dishonesty. This person having the knowledge of what's right and wrong chooses anyway not to be truthful. For example, lying about where you were in a night in question or where you were uh, when you were doing this. And some of them just lied to lie. It's not a big deal, whatever they did, but they lied to lie. And that's just because that's who they are. They're passive aggressive. They withhold information because they don't feel like anyone's entitled to that information. They also, um, you know, if you're going to deal with people like this, you have to, number one, remain calm. You know, the more you get bent out of shape and the less logic you deliver, the more you're joining their depression, their feeling-based problems. You know, ground yourself, you know, like structured breathing or confronting the person with a few clarifying questions. That's a good way to go. Asking questions is important. If you feel that you're being manipulated, ask more questions to get them to reveal more information, you know? work to identify the root cause of the problem. Don't be so quick to accept the first answer they give you. Go deeper. You know, can you walk me through your thought process on that? Can you explain what makes you feel that way? You know, that's a way that we can get down to their intentions and get some clarification. You know, talk about it when someone supportive is 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 a, as a reality check. Be involved in, in getting someone passive aggressive can lead you to a question yourself and instill doubt. You know, it, it, it's it's gaining perspective means I may be the problem. So let me know what's going on, how you're receiving this. And, and by doing that, you become a little bit safer for them to talk to. This involves things like, you know, it, 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 if you want to be around a passive aggressive person, you better be good at setting boundaries about lateness, missed deadlines, procrastinating. You want to set clear expectations and boundaries that that exacerbate their behavior around behaviors that they consistently do time and time again. You want to let them understand, I don't accept this. This is reflective on me. This affects me. You need to get it. You need to understand it. If you don't understand it, then you know we're going to have some problems in this relationship uh, also if someone behaves in a passive aggressive way they not may not be directly communicating their frustrations and anger you have to talk to them and and, and help them clarify opportunities to solve the problem talk to about uh, if the if you have to be safe if you want them to be safe so that means you have to be more inquisitive more understanding of intentions if you want to examine Intentions, the best way to go about it is how did you decide to do this? Or what did you mean by that comment? How did that comment come out? Uh, What made you come up with that? What made you view me like that? Could you have done this? You know, asking more questions is always helpful if you're dealing with passive aggressive people. The other thing is if you can't tolerate them, take a break. Take a break. It's not always possible. But it may be the best way to handle them. You know, if you see someone is sabotaging your efforts or treating you with contempt that's affecting your mental health, you may need to limit the communication or get away or be able to tell them how their behavior is affecting you. You know, aggression is something many of us experience daily. So what's different between being assertive and aggressive? Aggressive is harmful. Assertive is adult. Assertive means I'm just talking to the facts. I'm not trying to personalize it. Aggression is personalizing and punishing people. And that's what we have to understand the differences. And people that are aggressive, they're coming from their ego and they're trying to be more powerful than their audience. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the types of aggression. So let's come back. (laughs)
0: a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit GBMft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about passive aggressive people. And it's something aggression is something that a lot of us experience. Sometimes we're on the receiving end, while other times we're the one that's actually doing it either way. Aggression needs to be avoided if we want to live a healthy, uh, fulfilling, peaceful life. Unfortunately, most people won't find the help they need and others will only see their issues worsen over time because we're stubborn and egotistical. And we need to understand passive-aggressive is very harmful, not only to you, because nobody wants to be around you. And when you're old, you're probably going to be alone. Um, and the other thing about passive-aggression is you don't take accountability for the things you say. When most of us think of aggression, we immediately think of behavior that results in physical harm to others. Well, it's a big part of what it means. It doesn't give you the full aggression definition. So what we have to look is there's many forms of aggression and there's also secondary types of aggression, and they all link together over time. So, you know, there's physical aggression. That, that behavior, it may be physically harms yourself or someone else, such as hitting or biting or using weapons or kicking. You know, mental aggression is experienced with the intent of harming someone mentally, such as causing anxiety or stress or depression. And then there's emotional aggression that harms someone emotionally and causes them to struggle with expressing themselves because you're so overbearing. And verbal aggression is spoken by one person to make another person feel like they are less than. You know, in most cases, one type of aggression leads to another. And so we have to look at what's called micro-secondary aggressions. And one of them is accidental aggression although aggression generally refers to unnecessary unwarranted behavior that doesn't always mean aggression occurs on purpose in fact there's a wide variety of aggression instances where the person doesn't mean any harm physically emotionally emotionally uh, mentally verbally and, and that's called accidental aggression which is defined as aggression more or less caused by carelessness laziness simply not paying attention to what's going on around you it's not done on purpose hence, The name is accidental aggression. Since accidental aggression happens more often than you think, it's important to always understand each angle inside of that. And so, you know, there's examples. Let's say you're walking through the grocery store and you accidentally bump the back of a person's foot when they're walking in front of you. You didn't mean to be aggressive there, but it happened. As for the other person, they shouldn't get angry with you or start yelling at you. They could, however, turn around and politely ask you to watch where you're walking. You know, accidental aggression also occurs in sports. Players are playing hard. They're all competitive. But sometimes they play too hard and end up accidentally hurting someone else. No one wants to see someone get injured. But if it's a rival, it does happen. Also with accidental aggression, it won't require a strict or heavy punishment as other aggression types might. And so, you know, there is a response that is needed when accidental aggression happens. And then there's a thing called expressive aggression, which is another microaggression with that. There's no intent to harm the other person. There's no sense of satisfaction or enjoyment. Expressive aggression is a little different. While there's still no intent to harm someone, there's a sense of enjoyment from the act that, 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 that piques our interest. So keep in mind this enjoyment doesn't come from harming someone. Instead, the sense of enjoyment we get from the behavior overshadows how it might make another person feel, which is why we often disregard how a person feels. So a good example would be uh, uh, something like with the children. They're they're inquisitive. They love to play. They're always trying new things. They're always learning. And with that being said, they don't always make the best decisions and don't always know how their actions are perceived by others. So let's say you have two kids. Uh, One of them plays Legos, builds things. It's what they enjoy doing, and that's what they find fun. Now let's say the other kid enjoys throwing things, breaking things, destroying things. You know, both kids are enjoying themselves in one way. Neither means to harm the other. But one of the kids is being aggressive by destroying the other one's building. And so that that is why it's important to teach your children everything you do or say has an effect on others around you. And then we have another microaggression called hostile. And up to this point, you know, we've discussed a type of aggression that's 100 percent accidental and and not and done on purpose, but with not with intent to hurt anybody. However, when it comes to hostile aggression, it's both done on purpose and with intent of hurting someone. So today, most hostile aggression examples are labeled as bullying, which is an enormous problem. And it's only getting worse with the internet and social media. But a bully is like a dog chewing on a squeaky toy. They want to show you how powerful they are, but they look stupid. And so the bottom line is bullies are very insecure people who are trying to demonstrate their power on people who respond to them from weakness. And the best thing to do is just ignore them. You know, it, it, it just should not be tolerated. When you encounter hostile aggression or feel you might be causing it, it's always best to take a step back and think about what you can do better in the situation. And then there's the, another one, uh, another microaggression. It's called instrumental aggression. And, and, and this is really interesting. If you look at this, instrumental aggression is aggressive behavior when fighting over a certain object or idea but someone gets hurt in the process. And as you likely can imagine, these situations aren't supposed to get out of hand, but sometimes they do, and children, Instrumental aggression is generally a result of two kids fighting over a toy, a blanket, a food, anything else they want in their possession or a given time. And it's not that they want to induce harm, but their obsessive need for that item overshadows everything. And if you notice your child hit another child or adult to get what they want, it doesn't mean that they want that other person to hurt. Instead, they want what they don't have and they don't know how to get it any other way. And with that being said, it's crucial opportunity to teach kids to try something they'll remember for the rest of the day and and try to teach them something of how they're impacting others by their behavior. You know, uh, the most common reasons aggressive behaviors occur – is that you want to show superiority? You want to show hostility. You want to intimidate and threaten. You want to react and respond in a certain situation, even when it's not the right response. You want to achieve a goal, even if we don't need to act aggressively achieve it. And you want to compete, uh, compete with those around us and show that we are stronger and better. You know, there's many reasons why someone might be aggressive. You know, but there's situations that we have to understand, even in our media that do the same thing and teach us how to be these passive-aggressive people. You know, uh, the, 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 the critical thing is to understand how to respond. And, and if you're tired of, of insulting texts or insulting conversations, uh, you know, getting LOL in your, in your text messages, you know, you might want to just say, hey, I've had enough, you know, in addition Uh, You want to call it out. You want to say, hey, this is passive aggressive behavior. Can you just be straight up with me? Can you just give me the straight, you know, be straight? Tell me what you mean. Tell me what your intentions are. You know, if there's a pattern, we have to confront it. And the reality is we're all human. We all have uh, our, our bad days. Sometimes a comment or an eye roll will leak out, like you know, but, you know, it happens. But it doesn't mean it's a pattern. When it becomes a pattern, we have to take that on. Otherwise, we are going to have resentment in our relationships and we're going to push away from each other, which is not what we need to have in our life. We want to make it clear that it's safe to talk it out. And that means you don't take a nasty tone. You take a direct tone, an adult tone, not a nasty tone. That's the best way to begin to understand if you're going to confront a a a passive-aggressive person and you don't want to enrage them. You just want to let them know how you feel, how you're receiving. Understand that you have to ask some questions to clarify so you can get to know what they were really thinking. You know, know, that being said, facing it head-on is precisely what they need to avoid and understand that they have to educate themselves to be an adult, you know, and that's helping them. Make it clear that it's safe. That's important and and particularly important to call out their behavior, especially if it's at work. That's something you want to do. You know, colleagues are often unhappy or insecure in their jobs. But rather than clearly flagging an issue as something that needs to be addressed, you know, coworkers instead express their displeasure by creating obstacles, wasting time, generally making everyone's job more difficult and not to mention less enjoyable. You know, whether at work or at home, make it clear that you would rather someone bring a problem to light than leave it rolling under the wraps. You know, critically reinforce this is not reacting to the very thing that they're afraid of. You don't want to end up blowing your top or belittling them. What you want to do is confront them from empathy and compassion. Empathy and compassion is the act of love. And that's where we need to come from if we want to be safe dealing with passive aggressive people, you know, acknowledge their excuse, even if they're rolling their eyes. You know, it's vital to align yourself with them because working against them is going to be slippery at best and likely going to turn into something that's not going to result in what you want. You know, in a nutshell, there's acknowledgement and sympathy for their woe is me approach. But the standards don't change. It's worth to inconvenience on your part to nip it in the bud. Otherwise, it starts to become a pattern. And that is something we don't want to have in our life. You know, when when if someone who's typically late completes a task on time, give them praise. Hey, you're here on time. Thank you. You know, after all, passive aggressive people, as frustrating as they are, are just like everybody else, you know, at their core they just want love and approval, and while they're, they're they sure make it hard to get past their their their, their, their idiosyncrasies, and the, some of their strategies, you can help them behave better around you by giving them praise. Praise is very very helpful for people who are passive aggressive. It's something that can help them get through and understand how to deal with their stuff. You know, hold them accountable. People who are passive aggressive behave the way they do because they get away with it. And that has something to do with you. If you let them get away with it, if you give them a free pass because, you know, let's say the dog ate their homework, you can bet that they'll be uh, uh, doing something else to just demonstrate that the dog ate their homework again. You know, they want to prove themselves right. The problem is these folks have a narrative about other people, and the narrative is They collect evidence to prove that other people are the way they think they are. They collect that biased research. They act on that research. And then eventually it dictates how they relate to people. Passive-aggressive people have anxious attachment, which means a lot, if not all, of their relationships wobble because there is an aggressiveness to that person's nature. And it's really important for us to help them and be compassionate when we see those keys as a part of their life. We want all of us to attach well and to learn to trust. If you want to learn to trust, you have to have faith that someone's working on a problem and you give them that faith until you get to the trust. But the other side of it is they got to want to have your faith. And that is how we get back to trust. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, dishes are like roommates. Your partner should not be doing the roommate. Also, some people just need a high five in the face with a chair. (laughs) And why is it rude to say that everyone else what everyone else is thinking? Well at least that's what a sarcastic person would think. Also, there's a bathroom sign that you can put up. If you don't put the toilet seat down next time, I will flush your soul. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: That's our show for this week.